we always, uh, Gavin and I have a tendency of starting recording too late and missing all of the times that were the funniest. Yeah, so. of course. <laughs> or all the inappropriate comments your guests make. So thanks for not recording the prior five seconds. <laughs> There's your sounder for the episode. Sounds Perfect. great. <laughs> Good cold open. <laughs> Welcome to Tuned In, Dialed Up, a podcast about podcasting. I'm one of your hosts, Gavin Gaddis, and I'm joined by the minitable Will Williams, who you'll hear from in a second. Today, we have a special episode. We have guest Evo Terra from Podcast Pontifications on to talk about the Joe Rogan Spotify acquisition. And as such, it means this episode's a little wonky in construction as I'm just doing wraparounds, which I really shouldn't spotlight because wraparounds are supposed to be seamless, I guess, but... Hey, look, it's Will thanking the patrons who make this show possible. Thank you so much to our patrons, Alice, Anne, Chelsea, Jean, Mads, and the Osteum Podcast. I love you all so much. Thank you so much for supporting us and this show that means a lot to me and I hope a lot to you. Um, I really appreciate it and I love you. Thank you, patrons. Thanks for the distraction, Will. Now on to the episode proper. First... Evo. Yes. Welcome to Tuned and Dialed Up. Thank you so much for joining us. I've wanted you to be on the show for a billion years, and I'm glad that we have a very interesting uh, situation that I think uh, will make for some great conversation with you. So, Evo, welcome. And could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Well, they might know me best as the guy other than Joe Rogan, the one who would actually show up and on the show when they asked. Um, uh, yeah. Hi, everybody. My name is Evo Terra, and I have been podcasting since literally the beginning of podcasting. Mm-hmm, Kid you not. Mm-hmm. Since 2004. Um done a lot of things in the podcasting space over the last 16 years that I won't, that I won't bore you with, but I do currently run a four times a week daily podcast called Podcast Pontifications, of all crazy things, where I discuss the future of podcasting, giving working podcasters like yourselves things to think about, as opposed to telling you what to do and how to do things. It is very good. Yeah, Aww. it's fantastic. It's Thank you. Right like, up there with um, with Pod News and Inside Podcasting, you yes, should be subscribed exactly. to Podcast Pontifications if this is an industry that you care about. Your episodes produced at Podcast Movement 2019 are the closest thing that have uh, sort of made me feel like there is such a thing as a podcasting community and industry, like hearing someone besides myself's thoughts on Podcast Movement was very nice. (laughs) Well, I'm glad. I'm happy to hear that, Gavin. Thank you very much. Uh, Yeah, so it is a lot of fun to do the show. It's a lot of work to do the show, but I I really like the little niche that I've carved out for myself, which is, you know, all about that that future-facing thing. Lots of other shows out there that'll talk about the hows and the whys and stuff, but not really getting into the you know, let's stretch your brain a little bit. Only for 10 (laughs) minutes? It's only a 10-minute brain stretch. It's it's good. (laughs) You can hold a downward dog position longer than that, people. Come on. Not that I can, but <laughs> Oh, same. Same. But that that makes you kind of the the perfect person to talk to about Spotify's acquisition of the Joe Rogan experience. Um I think what would be good to just start to start the conversation is all of us giving a little like just a little couple of words on how we feel about this. Um, I will start. 
I don't care that much. <laughs> <laughs> Evo, how are you feeling about it? Well, hang on. Don't put the guest on the spot. Let's get the co-host going okay, around okay, with this. Gavin. Yeah. Gavin. I'll I'll speed run it. Okay, all right. That that gives me where you guys are with uh-huh. it. So uh, I'm I'm actually quite excited about Ooh, this. I okay. really am. I, I I think it is a a a turning point in the road, which I'm sure we'll dig into um, a little bit later. However, the the other side of that is for if you're listening to this and you are also a podcaster, uh, it means absolutely nothing to you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. I I think. I think that what has one of the main things that has made it difficult for me to care too much is something that I see pretty frequently when there is any change in the industry at all that is mm-hmm. like big news. Podcasters panic. Absolutely yeah. panic. Um, everything is immediately assumed to be in bad faith. Um, mm-hmm. Things are assumed to be a change for the worst. Um and I've just seen so many people talk about why this is uh, just the end for podcasting. Um, and I've seen a lot of people who are commenting a lot but don't seem to really understand what this change will tangibly mean for them. I, I saw in a, a podcast Facebook group, somebody said, Okay, so Joe Rogan is now exclusive on Spotify. Spotify now owns Anchor. I use Anchor for my podcast. What does this mean for me? <laughs> well, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, and my analogy was like, "Okay, I can I can kind of see where you're getting at, but this is like saying there is a new ingredient in Sprite. Will my Coke taste different?" Mm, mm, like that's right. That there's you're good you're fine <laughs> there's, that's not gonna touch you it's not gonna affect you at all. Disney bought Fox. I own DVD box sets of Archer. What is that? Right, right. exactly, exactly. That that is a very apt uh, <laughs> comment on that one. Right, that's why I say it. It doesn't really mean a, a lot to you. I mean, a a large company with lots of money to spend, Spotify, went out and made a major content acquisition mm-hmm. to bring people to its platform. That doesn't really impact anyone else. Now, there are people who will, you know, project what does it mean for the overall and is the end of the open nature of the web and all those sorts of existential hand-wringing, which is fun to do, but <laughs> largely not very productive. Right. Um, yeah, I know, Eva, we've talked a lot about sort of this this idea of what is and is not a podcast, you know, and like, what does it mean if there's exclusivity deals? What do you think this says about people who, um, like, for instance, are very married to the idea of a podcast always being an RSS feed that is kind of platform agnostic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The great thing for the people who have that mindset is that this also doesn't impact them. Because my show is not going to be an exclusive on Spotify anytime really soon. So mm-hmm. you can still subscribe to podcast pontifications in whatever app you want to. Same thing goes for tuned in, dialed up, I would imagine. And, yeah. you know, the other one million podcasts that that are out there. So if if you, the listener, clings to this notion that of what a podcast should be and you're like really getting into those defining moments and you want to be very pedantic about something great you can be doesn't change the fact 
that 274 million people who use Spotify on a regular basis will now finally have access to one show that wasn't available on Spotify before. There's, there's, there's really not a, not a connection between what somebody wants podcasting to be and the reality that all these people are going to get a show they couldn't listen to previously. Right. Um, Gavin, what have you been seeing um, in conversation about this acquisition? Uh, I've seen a little bit of worry about the free and open nature of RSS. But the, it seems like the majority of people are just like, yeah, of course, it makes perfect sense. I mean, because <laughs> yeah. this industry is kind of hard to compare to other things. Like there's no there's no filmmaking equivalent of what is happening now. Like Rogan existed right. as Rogan. Like it's not like when Disney bought Fox, it's as if Robert Downey Jr. just kind of was making movies out of his own pocket. And then someone went, <laughs> want some of that. I want the distribution cash from that. Right. And then yeah. got bought. <laughs> well, you know, I remember again, because I've been doing this since the beginning, we, we had discussions back in the early days about the difference between what podcasting was and it, well i guess i should back up and say you guys have to remember when, when we started doing podcasting in 2004 mm -hmm. youtube wasn't owned by google right. there was there yeah, was no yeah, yeah. such Whoa. thing there was no such thing as twitter when podcasting began yeah. and the only people who were on facebook in 2004 were students at a handful of universities oh my god so this platform consolidation this monopolization of content that is part of YouTube's methodology, it's part of mm -hmm. Facebook's methodology, Twitter and everybody else out there, didn't even exist. We began this as a decentralized world. And there, the only thing that was somewhat centralized was who would be in charge of the directory. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, it wasn't even pod or iTunes originally. Apple didn't start this until the summer right. of 2005. Mm -hmm. That's when they started listing podcast and became the de facto. So it has always been decentralized by default. I mean, that was built into it that way. So when we saw YouTube rise and went, wow, people are making loads of money on YouTube. Well, that's what you get when you have a single platform that, mm -hmm. that is distribution as well as monetization and everything wrapped up together. That's not the world we lived in in podcasting. So right. we just we had we had a different mindset from from the very beginning, and uh, I think that's kind of clouded where we're at today. How have you how have you handled um, those those changes? Like from from when I've talked to you, you seem like one of the people who is the most um, unfazed by and kind of like what you're saying with this, excited by these changes versus. Um, Versus being too worried, or at least so it seems. How have you how have you managed that throughout the years? Well, a, a lot of that is my nature. I mean, I am the kind of right. guy who loves change. I I I am like change for change's sake, which is dumb. No one do that. Don't change <laughs> just to change. But it it kind of works for me. If I do one thing for too long, clearly I'm doing the I'm doing the wrong thing. It's it's been my job when I actually had a real job in in working for these companies is to make sure that there was a certain amount. Well, I had to be the person fighting the groupthink. That was always my my job. Mm. So to me, change is natural. I mean, I, I hate to repeat something that is offset, but the only constant in this world is change. So, you know, when the Gap decides to change their logo, I don't freak out about it. 
when Facebook right. decides to layer in, you know, one more change to the way their timelines work, I don't freak out about it yeah. because change is just what's going to happen. I'm much more interested in how will we adapt to this new world, number one, and two, more importantly, is what possible changes will this make next? Because this was the first move. But, yes. you know, thinking secondary and third and fourth, what are the ripple effects? How is this going to impact the thing that we do overall? To me, that's much more fun and exciting than wishing things would go back to the way they were because that never happens. Mm-hmm. Right. And and even if uh, the deal were undone, we still live in a world where the deal happened initially. Yeah. Right. Like it, we will never live in the same podcasting world because it's already it's already been done. It's yeah. already been done. Yeah, exactly right. This has happened. I mean, and, and as you both know, this isn't the first foray of Spotify. This is just part next of their giant acquisition run that they've been on since 2018 as they try and 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 looks like um, are successful at buying their way into this space, even yeah. though even though here's the weird thing. If you ask the other podcasting pundits out there, the OG, which I consider myself a part of both of those things, collectively, they say, eh. Spotify's no big deal. They're less than 10% of the market share or 12% or 20% depending on what number you look for. It's not that big of a deal. So clearly they've been wasting all of their money for these last two years buying into podcasting because it's never going to work. Um, that's a short-sighted understanding of yeah. what's of what's Absolutely. really happening here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they just they just bought a person who in 2019 at least, it's the, the newest info I can find. He's Rogan said on a... Uh, I've lost the tab already. Rogan said while being interviewed by somebody that JRE makes 190 million a month in downloads. Yeah, that's ma- that's massive. Like it's a crazy yeah. number. It's yeah. a crazy number of downloads, right? Wow. And so, why people who get 125 downloads a month are freaking out about it <laughs> right. is, you know, and that's not a dig. I mean, that's the average no. number of downloads podcasts get yeah. on a monthly basis. So you probably shouldn't wig out. We got too much because that's not going to change for the way that regular, normal, everyday hobbyist and maybe even some professional podcasters are doing their their business isn't really impacted where where I see the impacts really happening is some even scarier things down the future. And that's called advertising. Yes, because that's what this is all about. This is about the ability to make revenue sure it's a little bit about giving apple a black eye and taking something off the table i get that but realistically at the end of the day this pays for itself in in revenue for spotify and changes the game for what it means to advertise on podcasts starting in september that game has changed right because you've got like when they purchase gimlet or the ringer like whatever spotify exclusive was sort of a, a additional content like extra episodes of reply all and whatnot Mm -hmm. with the the jre is so huge Mm. they can brute force say hours now you get youtube clips and you can have the video on spotify like Mm -hmm. they can brute force it and people will go download spotify to listen to rogan yep right They, they will and i'll tell you one other brute force thing that's going to happen there gavin and that is that ad money that is spin in podcasting, which is not insignificant, but tiny compared to overall digital spend, which I won't go down that rabbit hole, which <laughs> I know I can for forever. It's still a non-insignificant number. And what are we going to hit this year? 600, 700,000 or 700 uh, million dollars, some, you know, a big number like that. Mm-hmm. Big number, big number. But right now, 
the data that advertisers have is as crappy as the data that we podcasters have. They know an ad was downloaded in an episode. They know an episode was downloaded that had an ad in it. That's all they can get. But on Spotify, where literally everyone is logged into Spotify when they're listening, you have to be, whether it's free or paid, they know everything about you. So if you're an advertiser spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on podcasting and you carve out $50,000, I'm just making up numbers here, to spend on Spotify, the report Spotify is going to give you on how your ads were consumed by people who look this way and have this demographic and then they came back and listening. Wow. I know from my days of running an advertising agency, that's where I'm investing my money where I can get more data so that I know my ads actually work. It's much better than just throwing a billboard up and if I can really get information about what actions people took and who the people are that are listening to my content. That's great stuff. Yeah, Um, which also like, this is probably not relevant to anybody but me, but I will say like, it puts me in a weird position because ultimately my bills are pretty much paid by spotify i Mm. write for them but i write for them through a third-party company Uh um so spotify doesn't directly pay me but i do want to make sure that that disclosure is there but also like i really believe in data privacy yeah (laughs) so it's like you know it's it's a strange it's a strange toss-up and i won't deny that like to some extent because i've had a lot of conversations with spotify at this point even though um they're not directly my employer. I've talked to them a lot and I've talked to them a lot for other press reasons. And overall, like I have a pretty positive opinion of Spotify. Um, I wouldn't work for them otherwise, but it does seem like there is a, a general, a general distrust of Spotify in the podcast spaces. Um, do you think that that is due to any of this uh, advertising um, that could lead to what I think a lot of podcasters think would be some kind of a, a monopoly? I think almost all of it is because mm-hmm. of that, what you just said. Uh, not necessarily all of it, but I think that's it. I think there's a lot of distrust of, of the big money coming. And I think deep down, all of us podcasters know that this has to pay for itself somehow. Right. And that the way that it pays for itself is by giving these advertisers a lot more information uh, about about content. And yes, that makes the privacy advocates out there very nervous. And and, mm-hmm. and just to be totally clear, I love the fact that they're very nervous. I, right, right. I really like the fact that they're, look, you don't want to be a weirdo like me who's like, yeah, screw it. Let's see what happens. Right. I mean, we need that. <laughs> but, you know, we need the people on the other side. We need the Cory Doctorows of the world right, who right. will come back and say, hang on, have we thought about the implications of this? Have we, taking it to the extreme where the jackbooted thugs come breaking down your door because you listen to some inappropriate content? Okay, that's a little bit extreme, but still we can learn from that. We can figure out what's happening. But as I mentioned previously, look, I, maybe I didn't make make it strong enough case here. For the better part of two decades, I've run, I don't do it anymore, I've run digital advertising agencies. Mm -hmm. And we live and die, and our clients live and die on the data we can provide to them. If mm-hmm. we get more data that shows the ad was more successful and whatever successful means, reaching the right people, taking the right kind of action, we'll spend more money and doing that. But here's the flip side of that. 
the better the ads become, the more targeted they are to you, they stop becoming ads and start becoming content. Now, I know that may be trite and you've heard that thing before, but it is true. Now, are there bad sides that can come out of that? <laughs> Absolutely. We definitely need the watchdogs out there to make sure we don't go down that path. But at its core, the better you can target content to someone, the more acceptable, the more accepting that's go- they're going to be about yeah. something like that. Right. We, I'm actually looking at our Spotify dashboard right now. Will, you and I accidentally did that two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we <laughs> talked about Hades Town, and it significantly changed the artists they're listening to part of our audience. <laughs> People started oh, listening to the Hades Town soundtrack a lot more because it completely changed from the last time I looked at this a month ago. Oh, well, wow. that's delightful. I'm mostly I'm just really stoked to hear people actually listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Hades Town is so good. Um, it's not a mass like it's not a massive audience, but uh, like that makes it more easier to do, but yeah. still like Yeah. I um, noticed that's a change that happened. With this concept of ad as, you know, as co- as uh, content. Mm-hmm. Something Gavin and I we talked about this a billion years ago on Tdo. We talked about um how how advertising can work well in podcasting because I think I think that one thing we all need to accept and I think it's wild people haven't accepted this yet is that like if we're going to make money from podcasts there's going to be ads. Mm-hmm. Like it we don't we don't live in an economy that will support it in other ways in a lasting substantial way for a long time. Like ads are where we are right now. So Gavin and I talked about um, The Message, which is an audio drama made by Mac Rogers that was funded by GE. Mm-hmm. And pretty much to my knowledge, the way that that worked is GE said, here's some money, make a podcast, make it kind of, you know, sci- science-y sci-fi <laughs> because we're GE and then have ads for GE. The end. And Mac Rogers went on to make something really interesting, really cool, that you wouldn't know was funded by GE unless you listened closely to those ads, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a really wise way to go about it. Now, obviously, that's kind of counter to the Spotify model. Um, where do you come down on... I guess staying true to your art versus I don't want to say selling out um, because I am of the belief that like creators should be compensated for their work. Mm-hmm. Um, where where do you see the tension points, I guess, between a show's identity and handing over advertising to a platform like Spotify? Well, if we take a step back and we look at that same question from the world of a magazine, Mm. or from a newspaper, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or any other form that has content creation and advertising side by side. If you talk to newspapers, they've got that that, that wall that happens right. between editorial and advertising content. Yeah. And in fact, I remember back in the day when native advertising was a thing. God, I always hated that term. Um, mm-hmm. And it was blurring the lines 
between what was advertising and what was editorial. And that's bad. Well, just yes. blanket statement. That was bad. We yes. shouldn't be doing that, and we don't. We don't <laughs> want to confuse someone, right? We. Right. Uh, it's okay that we know that there's sponsored information coming. We don't want to hide that fact, yeah. right? And going back to the message, you know, put out by GE, it was straddling that line. You know, yes. Uh, yes. And there, there have been other players that come in, and that's that's really more of a product placement or a brand making a show. And in, in the GEs, mm-hmm. you wouldn't even know it was about GE unless you really dug into the story. Some have been a little more. Um, a little more, uh, what sort I'm looking for, bla- brazen with their uh, mm-hmm. with their their product placement stuff, and that's then that's definitely going to happen. But you know, for most content creators who are making the show that they want to make, you know, we'll think of the of the podcast fiction world, which I know that we're all three we all three love, know and love in a big way, right? Mm-hmm. You tell a story because of the story you want to tell. You you use the people that you, you use in that show to help produce the show because they they're the people that are going to help get the show out and and do all of the things that are necessary to 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 get it to get it going. There's that's the way content creation happens and and how people get paid is you know there's a variety of ways you can do that. You can go the private model and do the the glow or the supercast or other sorts of private fees, even the Patreon uh, Patreon model or one of the others like that. You can also go down the uh, the advertising model. And I don't really think we have to... That that line exists, and I don't think we need to blur that line. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. we we should all be accepting of the fact that we're going to have ads in some places, and maybe we can pay for an ad-free experience somewhere else. But as long as we're not trying to fool anyone... And I think that's really the the key. Right. We don't we don't want to, we don't want to be bad, and we know there's going to be there are going to be bad actors, and I'd like to stop them from happening, but I can't. It's just going to be reality. Right. But for the rest of us, we should just understand that there there is no reason that art and ads can't live side by side. There are some cases where that's probably not the case, but generally speaking, I think they can both coexist in the same place. And I think right. that. People are discerning enough to know the difference between the two. Let's please mm-hmm. be careful not to blur that too much. Yeah, yeah, we definitely don't want a situation like a magazine I worked for in my city uh, that you can't write a review for a movie because tickets are comped by a local chain mm. lower than three stars, and you can't write a review Ooh. for beer in the beer review section at the end of the magazine that is sponsored by a local uh, liquor chain. Lower than three stars. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> that's that's a breakage of the wall right there. Yeah. 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 And and Gavin, actually, I bet you have a lot of insight on how we've kind of seen that line blurring manifest over on YouTube. Yeah. Um, because uh, needing disclosure for advertisement is a pretty recent development um, that has also not like even been honored. Can you speak to that at all? Oh, I mean, you've got basically the entirety of children's YouTube content where it's. Yeah unboxings and surprise eggs and whatnot, like everything that's paid for by a company. And then advertising laws got too strict on YouTube. So now they're making animated series on Hulu and whatnot. Like, right. Right. And all of that, that, like being targeted towards kids. Yeah. And clearly even if it's paid for for by Hardee's. Right. Right. And and I I think that's something we need to be aware of. And the industry itself needs needs yes. to be aware of that because, you know, look, YouTube has done some terrible things yes. over the last <laughs> few years, <laughs> all in the name of lining Google slash Alphabet's pockets, right? right? And it, it's the way the algorithm was trained. Keep showing this, con- just keep them listening for as or watching as long as they can so we can keep dropping ads in front of them because that gets us revenue. And mm-hmm. while that makes sense, 
it also we've we've seen the backside of that when it's like um, some of that content should not have been shown, especially to kids. So we definitely yeah. need all those all those protections um, in place. You know, but we also need to understand that disclosure happens. I mean, think about right, what's happening right. and what has happened with Instagram for forever. Yeah. Right? yeah I mean, Instagram yeah. stars are constantly talking about things. And how is that properly disclosed? The FCC put out new guidelines in, I think it was 2000 and I want to say 10, maybe 11, for how we handle these endorsements in social media, as well as podcasts and blogs and other mm-hmm. sorts of things, where they want, and I said FCC, I meant FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, they oh, yeah. want this information disclosed. Close. They want it to be very clear when you are shilling for a product. And here's the thing. Podcasting's number one best ever ad unit out there, the live host read, violates that. Or it has the possibility of violating that. Oh, because yeah. Think about that. You're just, yeah. I mean, now you're hearing it from the host voice himself. Clearly, he or she is putting this thing out there. They must love it. So, therefore, I will buy it. Ugh. Starting to get a little bit wonky in that, as opposed hey. to a pre-produced ad that's dropped in, pretty clear that wasn't from the host. Yeah. Um, so in that case, when it comes to that, something like, and I don't just want to say Spotify here, but something like Spotify or Spreaker or any other platform that kind of encourages um, ad insertion in mm-hmm. post, um, that seems to me like it would be a move towards transparency yes yeah yeah which is something that i wish people could focus on more. <laughs> so and let's actually oh go ahead gavin i was gonna say like also the ability to uh have that dropped in ad this is gonna sound like i'm being doom and gloom and i'm not it also normalizes a transition towards dynamic advertisement mm-hmm. right uh, um, what is it? The besties that McElroy Polygon yes, yeah. video game podcast, they have constructed the whole show around throwing to commercial break much in the same way. A lot of YouTubers who've been around for a long time had developed this language and style of editing where they will throw to a black screen that yeah. lasts for two seconds because they know an ad break's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Yes. So it does enable you to have infinitely recurring ads, especially yes. if your content isn't super dated. I will also say, like, I... So I don't really like hearing dropped-in ads. I prefer hearing a host-read ad. However, um, I think that there's a lot to be said about taking that burden off of hosts because when everything is placed on the host to perform well and deliver an ad that is captivating enough that people will buy um, in order to continue their prolonged relationship with the sponsor, that's a lot of pressure on a podcast host. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of responsibility. And granted, you know, we could just say, well, that's part of podcasting. That's part of the business. Absolutely. But if we can move to a place where podcasters don't have to focus so much on being an advertiser as well as being a podcast host, I'm in favor of that. Yeah. Well, that that you just described, taking the burden of ad sales off of the content producer is what made the internet what we have today. I mean, anybody can monetize their website right now with a few simple clicks with Google AdSense and a whole bunch of other players. And you'll never, ever talk to a potential sponsor for your site. Ads just show up. 
mm-hmm. and you just start making money, not piles of money. Of course, it's completely dependent on the size of your traffic, but you get that. And that's what digital advertisers, you know, the people that spend $111 billion annually, not just half of a billion dollars annually. That's what they're looking for. They want it to be easier to place. They -hmm. want to be able to reutilize some assets. And that gives a lot of podcasters heartburn because as you said, Will, the conventional wisdom is that host read ads sound better to me. Therefore, they must perform better for advertisers. I don't know that that's true. I don't we've either. Seen, we've seen a lot of studies, a lot of surveys, and you know how I feel about survey data. It's like, bleh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, but there have been a lot of surveys that say, you know, uh, better recall and, and better, better things out of this. But at the same time, there's a huge amount of branding dollars that have been left on the table. Right now, most mm-hmm. podcast ads are direct response ads. That's why they'll always say, use the coupon code, your favorite podcast at checkout and things like that. And back to your point about pressure, that's a lot of pressure. Did I sell it enough to my audience? And that's pressure that no journalist ever has to deal with. Because they're not there to sell. They're there to write. They're there to create content. But we're making podcasts to do this double duty. So if we can somehow tap into the branded ad dollars to where it's not about following through to see how many people actually did click on a URL where you can't click, but used a a coupon code or something along those lines. We can tap into the ad dollar for branding. That opens up a whole new mess of opportunities for us and a huge pile of money, which we're missing. Mm -hmm. And it's also how someone like Rogan's company can eat because he's got all the ads he's reading in the show are baked into the YouTube versions of the podcast. Mm. But then there's also ads running on those right and i just went back and added up a full month just a a full month where he didn't have a viral like the bernie sanders episode or the elon musk one that had like way huge views right 50 million views that's not huge in youtube money and he can he easily walk away from that and now have targeted good ads yes right and that's that's where i think another uh huge part of the of the conversation has made me feel very uh, surprised at the podcasting industry. People seem to think that, like, Joe Rogan made a huge mistake and didn't get enough money from Spotify. (laughs) And, like, granted, maybe he could have gotten more. Probably he could have gotten more. But I don't think that that is why he went with Spotify was this actual, like, you know, 100 million number. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure he did this because of everything that entails, including things like better sponsorships and ads he doesn't have to care about and the consistent narrative at least on mma websites that cover this i don't know why it's specifically the mma field of rogan fans covering this but (laughs) everyone is quoting him saying in that new york times opinion piece to that to the friend of his he feels uh he's quote weirdly richer uh, it doesn't register, it seems fake, and that it feels gross, especially right now when people can't work, mm-hmm. uh, how much money he's being paid. Like, the $100 million right. is a guesstimate. <laughs> like, right, we don't right, know. Right. No, we, we don't know. And the, the reality is anybody with the stones to criticize or, and suggest he could have gotten more, I would like to see your tax returns. Right. <laughs> I want to find. I, I know I'm not qualified to make that decision, and I'm uh, betting everybody else making that argument <laughs> also isn't qualified to make that criticism. 
Right. Absolutely. And again, like we haven't seen the contract. We don't even know what this entails. He could be making a wild amount annually. I'm sure he is. He could be not having to touch. He could literally sit down, record, turn everything over to someone and just not ever have to touch it. You know, like we don't know. We don't know what this deal entailed. So I think speculating as to why he did it or saying that he made a bad decision is so misguided and uh, very, very hilarious to yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does seem a little weird to me, you know, and, and this has been a weird year, I, you know, this yeah. for, 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 for a variety of things, uh, <laughs> pandemic, obviously, uh-huh. but, you know, this, this Rogan experience that moving over to Spotify happened, I think, two days after the Webby Awards came out. Oh, my God, that's Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Five different shows on Luminary. A, a, a podcast, not really podcast app, the OG people would say, because there's no RSS feed and you can't uh-huh. subscribe to it everywhere else. Five different shows, one a Webby. Hmm. Yeah. Weird. So you go right ahead, people out there. Uh-huh. If you want to die on that hill, that mm-hmm. what a podcast really is, uh-huh. people don't care. Uh-huh. Regular nope. people don't seem to care about no. that. They're looking for good content. And Even if it's on an app that doesn't work, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and they're happy to. And, and then the argument is, well, you know, they're just leeching VC dollars, you know, whatever else. And my answer to that is, congratulations, you've just taken some VC money and and paid hey. some really cool content creators to make some really great stuff that is clearly award winning. So right. these Though, all seem okay things to me. One day on this show, I'll have my. My Webby's tirade. I don't like the Ooh. Webby's, Evo. Sure. I don't care about them. I'm with you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This seems you know, the, to be the, a the, controversial the, opinion, but I right, do not but, care. But the great thing about it is that, you know, and uh, we, who knows? We may unpack this thing and find out that Luminary did a huge payola thing with the Webby's. I'm not saying that happened. I have no evidence of that, but, you know, right, maybe right, that's right. actually happened. But still, when that, when the news broke, it was cranky podcasters who were mad about it exactly. or yeah. other people who actually follow that particular award so oh i'm gonna go check these things out and for four dollars and 99 cents a month i can get all five <laughs> sold right, right. sign me up you know i th- the piece of advice i've interviewed like a lot of podcasters at this point and i the, there's a lot of advice that i have taken from those interviews i usually ask podcasters about what advice they would give right And I think that the piece of advice that has stuck with me more than anything else from any other podcaster is when I talked to Lauren Shippen, um, Mm -hmm. creator of The Bright Sessions and several, several, several others, when I asked her about, like, how she has handled um, a a pretty quick jump in fame um, and things like that, she said, you know, I live in L.A., And I have a lot of friends who, like, make TV and make film. And it's really hard to take my problems seriously when I talk to them. (laughs) And she said, you know, I think that the best piece of advice I could give is to just make sure you have friends who aren't podcasters. (laughs) And that is, like, seriously the single best piece of advice anybody could give to a podcaster. I I I feel like uh, we take everything that happens in this industry as the biggest thing that's ever happened in any industry. Yeah. And I think we could all just like calm down. <laughs> like I think it's, you know, I think we're going to be okay. I'm not saying nothing is a huge change. There are huge changes. Absolutely. Uh, but I think, I think we could all stand uh, to get a little bit more perspective on things and talk to people who aren't podcasters. <laughs> I, you just got to look at, you just got to look at the film industry. Cause there are a lot of bad companies that uh-huh. throw, 
money into a meat gr- like yeah. Oscar bait movies don't always make money. Nope. There are so many Oscar bait movies sure. you don't remember that tanked yeah. and lost so much money, but they got a best screenplay or a best editing or whatever, and that gets prestige. So like award ceremonies like this, maybe it is just companies throwing money at each other. Yeah. But the side effect is a lot of art got made that yeah, wouldn't absolutely. have gotten made otherwise. Maybe it's not motivated by the purest of intentions when the person signed the paycheck, but the person getting the paycheck got to make Silence of the Lambs, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I, I think that that's, especially for Luminary, I think that that's just the way that we kind of have to have to think about it is, yes, we can say like, oh, ha, 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 they're, you know, leaking all these VC dollars. Mostly I'm like, it's so cool that Lauren Shippen got to make the AM archives. Mm-hmm. And the college tapes. And the college tapes, right. Um, yeah, and with Spotify, I honestly think that long-term... At least for the foreseeable future. And again, you know, rose-colored glasses here. I am fully aware of my bias. Um, But it it feels to me like, you know, it's going to be kind of the same thing. (laughs) Like, okay, cool. Joe Rogan gets to make his podcast and make some money. And Gimlet, you know, gets to do their shit. And they will have Spotify carrying them the whole way. And maybe Spotify will start caring about smaller podcasts. And maybe they won't. But either way, like, okay, Joe Rogan got some money. That's, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I mean, Joe Rogan got some money, and there still is a free podcast host owned by Spotify. Right. (laughs) That allows you to make free podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not as ground-shaking as as we think this is. Like I said at the beginning, this is, to me, interesting about what new opportunities are going to unfold after this but everything that we hold dear the three of us right here on this call we hold dear a podcasting still the same and it'll be the same tomorrow Mm -hmm. i think that is a perfect place to wrap up that is indeed a perfect note dang evo (laughs) nailed it i I would drop the mic but this is a 500 dollars shirt so so no i get an sm58 i'll drop that not a problem Thank you for bringing a smidge of professionalism to this. Yeah. <laughs> to our goofball podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of it. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show at dialedupodcast at wordpress.com. You can find Will on Twitter at WillW underscore writes. You can find me at The Pod Report. And you can find Evo at at Evo Terra. E-V-O-T-E-R-R-A. 